Turn with me, please, in the scriptures this evening to the book of John, gospel account of John. Let's pray before we read the scriptures and just uh, adjust our heart, tune our heart. You know, it's uh, if you've been in the world all day with a bunch of loud stuff, and, uh, you need to just tune in. And you're not just listening to me. You're listening to him. And he'll say things through me, but he can also say things to you that never came out of my mouth. This Holy Spirit is our teacher. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance. All of us in Branson and here and on the internet, we join together, asking and believing you and asking you for ears that hear and eyes that see and hearts and minds that discern and understand a capacity to to grasp and receive. And we purpose not to just be hearers only, but to be doers. Thank you, Lord. Everybody sit out loud. Lord, show me me. things I haven't seen. seen. Give me understanding understanding. to things I haven't understood. understood. Remind me me of any things things I've let slip slip or didn't do. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word, the word of life, the word of faith, the word of victory, which works powerfully in me, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John 10 and verse 1. John 10, 1, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You know, it seems Jesus uh, didn't take many pains to be politically correct. (laughs) In fact, there were times that some of the scribes and Pharisees said, Don't you know when you said that you offended us too? And they shouldn't have said that because he got stronger. (laughs) Well, what you want, you you don't want to be mean, but you don't want to play games with the truth. It's either true or it's not. It's either right or it's not. It's either good or it's not. Verse 2, he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. Say it out loud, the sheep. The sheep. Are you his sheep? Yes. Then say, I, I hear, his voice. hear his voice. Come on, say it again. I hear his voice. You hear a lot of Christians that would hesitate to say that. And yet it, it's Bible. They say, well, I don't, you know, I don't claim to be very spiritual. Well, are you spiritual enough to agree that the Bible is true? That doesn't require too much spirituality. To just agree that what Jesus said is true and right. But it takes faith. So many live by their feelings. Yeah, but I just feel so far from God. That don't make it true. If he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Then he's right there. No matter how you feel, he's there. And if you'll believe it and begin to say it, your feelings will change. But if you believe how you feel more than you believe what he said, that's not being a believer. It's being a doubter. 
Walking by faith requires us to ignore contradictory emotions and feelings and circumstances and declare that what he said is true no matter what. Hmm? I'm saved no matter how I feel. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter how many times I messed up or what I felt like when I did it. I am. I am. Redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say I'm saved. I'm saved. Well I just don't feel like I'm saved. Quit talking about what you feel. You will be a roller coaster whiny baby Christian. Your whole life if you don't quit living by your feelings. The Bible never said the just shall live by how they feel. What the Bible says, the just, the justified ones, they will live by faith. They walk by faith. They please God by faith. They overcome the world by Not by feelings. Not by feelings. Honey, your feelings will change with the wind. Have you found this out yet? Quit talking about how you feel. Just quit it. I mean, I just feel. Hush. Hush. You're just hurting yourself. Just because you, I've had people look at me and say, yeah, but I feel strongly. That don't make it right. Or true. Feelings can be wrong. I said feelings. They can be strong and wrong. You can feel very strong in a certain thing and absolutely have no right to feel that way. Don't trust your feelings. Trust the Word of God. Feelings will come and go. They change all the time. This is true. Don't say I can't hear His voice. Say this. I'm His sheep. And I hear his voice. voice. Now notice we're going to be talking about this tonight some more I believe. He calls his own sheep. By name. name. He knows my name. Somebody say he knows my name. I don't think we realize what we just said. We, We have virtually no concept. Of the vastness of creation. Of space. We have virtually no grasp of that. Everything they they tell us uh, not too long ago, they got a new telescope in place and it looked at an area that we thought wasn't much out there. And we found out there are untold stars with planets that we had no idea. Well, wonder what's beyond that. We don't know. What we do know is the one who sits on the throne. Who created all of this. And all of the angelic hosts. And all of the billions like us. Knows your name. He knows you. And he knows your name. How does he do that? He's God. (laughs) I don't know how. He knows it all and keeps it all. That's part of what makes him God. But can you believe the Bible? Do you believe this? He knows me. He knows my name. And he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. 
Say it out loud again. I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. He calls me by name. And he leads me. I am led. Hallelujah by the master. I'm led by the spirit of God. I'm his sheep. I'm led by the shepherd. The good shepherd. Oh thank you master. Thank you master. He said in verse 4. When he puts forth his own sheep. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. Do you know his voice? Don't check how you feel. Do you know his voice? Don't look at your back uh, past track record. Do you know his voice? According, come on, say that loud. According to John 10, 4. According to Jesus himself. I know his voice. Never argue with that. I'm his sheep. And I know his voice. And I follow him. We're just quoting scriptures. When we say that. Verse 5. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. When something strange and weird to you, don't follow it. Because when it's the Holy Spirit, he's, he's the one that lives in you 24-7. You already know him. He's familiar to you. Verse 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. Verse 16, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there'll be one fold and one shepherd. Verse 25, Jesus said, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, uh, this concept that some people have of the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man is not true. Not everybody on the planet is your brother. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, they were of their father, the devil. Didn't he? No, no. In order to be in the family of God, you must be born again by faith in Jesus. And unless you are, you're not in the family of God. And God is not your father. Now you hear people say, well, all these different religions, it's the same God by different names. No, honey, it's not. No, it's not. Well, everybody's just finding their own path to God. No, they're not. The Bible said there are many ways that this seem right to people, and it leads to devastation and destruction and death. The Lord said there's a broad way, and many go in it, and it leads to destruction. They're going off the end. But there's a straight and there's a narrow way and relatively few that find it. Jesus is not a way. He's not one of many ways. He is the only way, the truth and the light in life. He is the only. Well, y'all are just narrow-minded and saved. (laughs) You can be broad-minded if you want to. But it's either true or it's not. Just because people make up stuff. And may, even, even just because they made up a religion a thousand years ago. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. It's either true or it's not. You can't be a Bible believing Christian. And embrace all these other things. People say well I got a right to my beliefs. If Jesus is your Lord. You're supposed to believe what he told you to believe. Not just make up stuff as you go along. 
Well, that, that little comment about being politically correct earlier set, set me up for that, didn't it? He said, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Come on, say it again. How many think if you didn't get it the first time, you could have got it the second time or the third time or the fourth. Come on, say it out loud. I am his sheep. I hear his voice. I know his voice. He leads me. And I follow him. Glory to God. Where does the good shepherd lead his sheep? He leads them to good places. Is that right? Fat pastures. Still waters. Is that right? The 23rd Psalm. Protecting and keeping. And with long life. Hallelujah. He satisfies us. Takes us all away. Can you say amen? Amen. Go with me please. To the book of Acts. And the 15th chapter. I'm so thankful. For the privilege of getting to handle. The word of God. It is so precious. And. uh, When something good. And quickening and good comes through me, you understand I didn't think it up or any minister. The Lord gave it. I mean, today I was, I was looking and preparing and studying and working on some things and I thought, that's good, that's good, but that's not it. That's not good, that's great, that, but the scripture is good, but it wasn't it. And after I had prepared a really good message, I got it. <laughs> Something else. Hallelujah. I know uh, one, uh, one night I was seeking the Lord about ministry. And, and uh, finally, you know, sometimes you, it seems like you get it quicker than others. And, and I, uh, I got something in my spirit that I hadn't preached on. And, and I, I hadn't studied a whole lot on. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to need to work on this some. So I studied till 2 or 3 in the morning. And uh, I thought, okay, good. And uh, I got up the next morning, think I'm, I'm good, I'm loaded for bear, you know. And the Lord said, no, that was just for you. <laughs> Preach on this. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but you really want to preach on what he directs you to, because that's the only thing that's anointed. Everything else is just dead and dull and empty as last year's bird nest. Acts 15, we ended on this last time I I spoke on this. We talked about how that uh, the man of God that the Lord told him don't stay and eat and drink in that place. And the other guy got him to ignore what the Lord told him. Remember that? And then we looked in Acts here where that the scripture said Paul said he was bound in the spirit to go to Jerusalem. And then other people begin to tell him, don't go. Don't go. Now, if you weren't here, you can get the message. You can download it. It won't cost you anything. But it's important. Uh, it's just part one, kind of what we're doing now. Part A, I should say. What happened is he did not let them move him. And he said, no, I'm ready to die at Jerusalem. What mean ye to weep and break my heart about this? And so finally they quit saying, well, then the will of the Lord be done. So even though they were telling him, don't go to Jerusalem, obviously they weren't convinced it wasn't God's will for him to go. 
Now, notice in uh, 25, when it came time for them to make some decisions as leaders of the church about what was doctrinally correct and what wasn't, this is how they said they came to their conclusions. Acts 15, 25, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Somebody say it seemed good. Did you know that Dr. Luke said that's why he wrote the gospel account of Luke? You'd have to add to the scriptures to say that Dr. Luke had a vision or a dream or an angel told him to do it. He wrote the gospel account of Luke that you have because he said it seemed good. Well, I've asked this question before. Where's your seamer? If you said, he didn't say it felt like it. He didn't say, I thought I should. He didn't say there was a lot of call for it <laughs> and request and demand. What did he say? Come on, say this out loud. It seemed good. Where's your seamer? Not, not up here. This is your thinker, your reasoner. And he's not talking about your emotions. Your feelings. Sometimes we use those words too loosely. I just felt like I should. Really, uh, there are occasions where we should have said it seemed good. Because it wasn't a feeling. It was a perception. It seemed good to us. Now skip down to verse 28. And this is how they describe it again. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost... And to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And so these, these are big questions they had about doctrine that affected all the churches. And how did they come to the conclusion? It seemed good. And here they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Well, where is the Holy Spirit? He's in us. And when it seems good to him... You can pick up that it seems good to him because he's in your spirit. I mean, that could happen with me outside. If I'm sitting beside you and I'm happy about something, could you tell it? Well, you could certainly tell it if somebody's beside you. What if they're in you? Well, you could tell it without any words being spoken. Well, there's somebody in you, in this body, beside you. There's another person. The Holy Spirit. He's in you. Didn't Jesus said he's with you. But he shall be in you. And he'll abide with you forever. And he is the agency. By which we are directed. And guided. Led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. It seemed good. And down in verse 34. You don't see this in the King James. But it's the same Greek word. When different ones left and Silas was deciding whether to go back or to stay there, he said it pleased Silas to abide there still. He made the decision to stay there instead of returning home. Actually, the Young's literal translation says, guess what? It seemed good 
to Silas to remain there still. And the rest of the discourse follows who? Paul and Silas. He was in the right place at the right time for Paul to get somebody to go with him on this next trip. Why why wasn't he back home? Didn't say he had a dream or heard a voice or had a vision. It just seemed good to stay there and not go back right now. And next thing you know, the narrative is following Paul and Silas. In the right place, at the right time. Hallelujah. Intersecting with the plan of God and the will of God. Why? Because he's led by the Spirit. But how did how'd the Spirit lead him? How? It seemed good. We should pay attention to our seamer. Somebody say it seemed good. It seemed good. Now go to the 21st chapter and let's review a little bit what we touched on last time. Paul said that everywhere he went that people were telling him that bondage and affliction and problems were waiting on him in Jerusalem. And because of that, believers were telling him, don't go. Don't go. So much so that there's a number of theologians and preachers will will try to tell you Paul missed God by going to Jerusalem. But I say confidently that that's not the case. That when he was born again on the road to Damascus, Jesus told him, you're going to bear my name before kings and Gentiles. I'm going to show you what things you must suffer for my name's sake. Didn't he tell him that? And that's exactly what happened. He stood in front of these kings and these rulers in handcuffs and he preached to them. Gave them his testimony. Didn't he? But these people were trying to tell him, and but he would not be convinced. He was strong, and he knew the Lord, and he said he was bound in the Spirit. He had to go, and he told them, quit it, quit it. Quit trying to break my heart over this thing. I'm going. Well, what if you die? Well, then I die. I'm ready to die. The, when you're no longer afraid of death, you are free. You, you will obey God. You'll find your faith. And your courage. But the fear of death holds you in bondage. So uh, I want to re-examine that a little bit. In Acts 21.4. To see what was going on. And, and for us to differ between two ways of God communicating with us. Said he found certain disciples, rather, and they tarried seven days, and they said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Now, some modern translations get this all wrong. You know, a lot of what people call translation is paraphrase, it's not a true translation. They put down what they think it means. And several of the modern translations have this wrong. Who told Paul he shouldn't go up to Jerusalem? The disciples. Did he say the Holy Spirit told him not to go? No. The disciples did. Because of what? Through the Spirit. Now that's the, that's the phrase that trips folks up. They think, well, the Holy Spirit told him to tell him that. No, it's not what he said. Listen to a couple of translations here. 
The message says it like this. The message Bible says, we looked up the local disciples and stayed with them seven days. Their message to Paul from insight given by the Spirit was, don't go to Jerusalem. Whose message is this? Their message to him. Why did they say it? Because of things they got from the Holy Spirit. But did the Holy Spirit tell Paul don't go? That's not the Holy Spirit didn't say that. In the, the Williams translation says it like this that they say, instead of saying through the Spirit, it says because of impressions made by the Spirit. Everybody say impressions. Amen. Now this would correlate with it seemed. Are y'all with me? And you do pay attention to it. But you've got to watch about going further and adding to it or saying what it means. There are numerous times you'll get something in your spirit because of impressions made by the spirit. But you've got to watch about filling in the blanks. And a lot of times when people say, well, what does that mean? You need to say... I don't know yet. All I know is I got this impression. And we need to use the correct terminology so it's not so confusing. When you get a perception because of an impression made by the Spirit, you don't necessarily say, the Lord told me. I'm pausing for effect. Look with me, we were there in 21, in the 11th verse, look down a few verses and notice a big difference now. That's one way you hear from God. Here's another way, same Holy Spirit, but it's another way he communicates. Verse 10, as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet, Named Agabus. Now it didn't say those other guys were prophets. And here's another mistake that people make. And some of your modern translations. If it says somebody prophesied. Then it will call them a prophet. The Bible doesn't do that. Just because you prophesy. Does not make you a prophet. Anybody remember 1 Corinthians says. You may all prophesy. One by one. Does that mean everybody's a prophet? No. Just because you prophesy does not make you a prophet. He went on to say, this man is a prophet, Agabus. You know, uh, God gave gifts unto men, the scripture said, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Were those just true when this was written, when the Bible was written, are we still living in the same age of grace with the Holy Spirit and same gospel? Yes. Yes. Prophet shouldn't sound any stranger to us than pastor. Yes. Apostle shouldn't sound any stranger to us than evangelist. Yes. But they do because of wrong teaching and wrong thinking. 
Yes, there are apostles today. It's not what some people call it, but there are. Yes, there are prophets today. Not what some people claim it is, but there are. Agabus is a New Testament prophet, isn't he? This is New Testament. This is after Jesus' resurrection. This is after the day of Pentecost. This is the same church we're in. And here we got a prophet. He came down, verse 11, and when he was come to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet. Something demonstrative. The prophet's ministry is different from the pastor's ministry or the teacher's ministry. It's not as explanatory. Not nearly as much explanation. He just walks up and takes Paul's belt off. Nothing said yet. Takes his hands and puts them together and ties them up. This is a little bit strange <laughs> to people who don't know. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? God just comes up to you, doesn't say howdy or anything, takes your belt off. That'd get my attention. (laughs) Paul may be holding his pants up with one hand, I don't know. And he says, because of impressions made by the Spirit, he says, it seems like, no, this is something different. What did he say? Thus says the Holy Spirit. He said this is what the Holy Spirit says. What does this mean? It means he heard the Holy Spirit say this. And he is saying verbatim what the Holy Spirit said. No impressions. No perception. He heard it. And he's saying it verbatim. Thus says the Holy Spirit. One translation says, the Holy Spirit says this. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. End of sentence. End of message. Verse 12. Then when we heard these things, we in there that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Is that what the Holy Spirit said? Did the Holy Spirit say, Paul, you're being dense. I've told you 20 times. Don't go. He did not say, don't go to Jerusalem. Did he? He said, this is what's going to happen. And it was part of Paul's call. He's getting him ready. He's preparing him. Do you remember when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain? And there appeared to him Elijah and Moses. You know what they talked about? They talked about what was about to happen. The father was getting him ready. None of the things that happened. Them grabbing him. Them hauling him before the high priest. Them beating him and scourging him. None of that took him by surprise. He was prepared. He could let them crucify him on the cross. He had already crucified his own flesh in the Garden of Gethsemane. Another message. 
But can you see the difference between it seems like and thus saith the Holy Spirit? There's a difference. One is much more authoritative. And we don't need to be saying the Holy Spirit said this when it's a perception. How many think there are a lot of mistakes being made in these areas? And it's creating a lot of confusion. And one of the reasons why is because you may be perceiving something correctly, but then got your own idea about what it means and put your own interpretation on it and wind up saying something he didn't actually say. Let's look at some other examples of this in the book of Acts. Go to Acts 8. Acts 8 and 28. Let's just look at a few of these. This man was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip. Go near and join yourself to this chariot. This is not a perception Philip had. What did it say? The spirit said this. To him, and this is a verbatim recording of what the Spirit of God said. If you look in the 10th chapter, in the 19th verse, 1019, when Peter fell out on the roof there in a trance and saw that vision, verse 19, while he thought on the vision, what happened? The Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek you. Arise, therefore, and get you down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. The Lord spared Phyllis and I some years ago from investing with some people we should not have invested with. A number of people had invested with them. They looked good. We didn't have much to invest. But it looked like a great deal. And... uh, I had prayed about it. We were ready to try to scrape what little we had together and try to do something there. A lot of folks were excited. And uh, I asked the Lord again about it the day of before we went. And I don't mean I, I heard a voice, but inside it came clear to me. He brought this word to me where he told Peter, arise, get you down, go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. He said, I've said nothing to you about them, so you have no reason to trust them. Well, that was good enough for me. (laughs) And it turned out to be a scam. People lost all kind of money. All over the country. It was a big ripoff. Big uh, Ponzi deal. Thank God. We weren't spared because we were smarter than anybody else. Just by the mercy of God was able to get that word. Come on, can you see this? I don't care how smart you think you are. (laughs) I don't care how much experience you have. You don't know the future. And you don't know everything about everything. And no matter how much research you do, there's always a whole lot you don't yet know. Oh, but thank God, thank God for the one who knows everything about everything and everybody. All we got to do is listen to him, listen to him, pay attention to him. I don't need a reason not to do something. 
I need a leading to do it. And that'll keep me safe. Keep you safe. Keep the churches safe. Hallelujah. When the Lord hadn't said anything to you about it, stay away from it. The uh, Spirit said to him, verbatim, it quotes it. And uh, in the 13th chapter, notice this, 13 and 1, just giving us some more examples of this. We're about to go into more detail, but I want it well established in the scripture. How many can see this is different language? Isn't it? Than saying it seemed like or I perceived. 13.1, there were in the church, there, there was at Antioch certain prophets. So again, here's some prophets. And teachers and Barnabas and Simeon, it was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now here's some good instructions on hearing from God more. Take some time. How many know it takes more than 30 minutes to fast? You can't say, I, I fasted 30 minutes. I fasted an hour between breakfast and, and snack. You didn't fast. You're going to have to miss at least a meal or two to say you fasted. And they weren't just skipping a meal, doing nothing. They're ministering to the Lord. They're praising him and worshiping him and waiting on him. It took some time. Can you see? There's at least a few hours involved in this. This is one of the reasons I'm convinced a lot of folks not hearing more from the Lord too busy. Don't take enough time. And while they were doing that, the Holy Ghost, ghost is an old English word, it's the word spirit. The Holy Spirit said, does he speak? Is he real? Does he speak? He does. He spoke. And he said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. This is no perception. This is what he actually said, quoting him verbatim. Now, go with me, please, to the book of Samuel. Samuel, the third chapter. We're going to read a few verses. 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. As the child Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the child, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. Somebody say the word of the Lord. Lord. Now you'll find that this is the Old Testament equivalent of what we were just reading the Spirit said in the New Testament. In uh, the complete Jewish Bible translation, it says it like this. The child uh, Shemuel continued ministering to Adonai under Eli's direction. Now in those days, Adonai rarely spoke and visions were few. This is because of the backslidden condition. Of his people. We spent quite a bit of time in the beginning of this series talking about that the focus should not be on trying to get God to speak. We saw seven times 
in Revelation 2 and 3 where it kept saying, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God is speaking if you have ears to hear it, if you want to hear it, if you're willing to do it. What makes a hearing ear? It's a willing heart. It's a condition of heart that makes the ear able to hear. There's a whole lot of people on the planet. They don't see God at all. As far as they're concerned, there is no God. There's no proof of God. And yet Romans tells us that evidence of God is everywhere. <laughs> His eternal power and glory, even the Godhead, the mystery of the Godhead, is clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. If you got eyes to see it, you can see God in every flower, every tree, every bird, every fish. He's there. And if you can't see him, it's not because there's nothing to see. It's because you have eyes that are blind. You have closed your eyes. You don't want to see it. And the same thing is true with ears. It's not a matter that you can't get God to speak to you. It's a matter of having an ear to hear it. And when your heart is adjusted all at once, you start hearing things you never heard before. Glory to God. Now keep reading. It talks about the word of the Lord. Precious, rare, and no open visions. You, I guess they had gone months and years and you didn't hear the word of the Lord. You didn't hear about some having some man of God or woman having a vision. This is because of a backslidden condition in the nation. Keep reading. It came to pass at that time Eli was laid down in the place. And his eyes began to wax dim. He was older and his vision wasn't that good. Verse 3. Before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel was laid down to sleep. He's young. And the Lord called. Samuel. Who called? <laughs> and uh, Samuel answered. He said. I'm here. And he ran to Eli. <laughs> He's a young boy. He ran to Eli and he said. I'm here. You called me. And he said. I didn't call you. Go lay down. And he went and lay down. <laughs> and the Lord called yet again. Samuel. We just got through reading. He knows us by name. Didn't we read that? Does he know your name? Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. He said, I'm here because you did call me. He said, I didn't call you, son. Lay down. <laughs> now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He didn't have experience. Of dealings with of the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord. Yet revealed to him. This is communication of the Lord. But it's more authoritative. And you'll see this. More in the ministry of the prophet. Than you do in just everybody through the body. But it's not confined or limited to the prophet's ministry. He arose. The Lord called Samuel the third time. Samuel. He got up and went to Eli. He said here I am. You called me. 
You called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Now let's just stop right here. Was this voice real to Samuel? He heard it just like Eli was calling him from the next room. This is no perception. This is no seems like. But Eli must not have heard it at all. There's no indication. He has no inkling. He keeps telling him, no, nobody's calling you, boy. Go lay down. So the Lord speaks to people at times. And they hear it like somebody else in the room. But anybody else there at the time might not hear a thing. Doesn't mean he didn't speak. Doesn't mean they didn't hear it. He arose and went to Eli and he said, here I am, because you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. He used to speak. Does he still speak? We just, we we started out reading the book of Acts. That's New Testament, right? He still speaks. He hadn't changed. Eli said to Samuel, and take heed to this, we, we need instructions in spiritual things. People think some of these things are strange because they haven't personally experienced it or because they hadn't heard much of it. But a lot of it's because of a carnality and a dullness that's spread all through the body and the nation. And here we see young Samuel needed some instruction on how to respond to the Lord. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lay down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you say this, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Do we need to respond to him? There are numerous scriptures that indicate we do. Remember in the book of Revelation, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will what? Open the door. Do you have to respond? If you draw near to me, he said, I'll draw near to you. You have to respond. I'm well convinced there's some things sometimes folks have missed because we didn't respond. You say, well, he's God. If he got something to tell me, why don't he tell me? Why don't you lose the attitude? <laughs> and show some submission. And remember who God is. The truth is, If you don't want to hear it, he's not going to push it off on you. The reason he's calling his name to start with is because he knows his heart. And it's his call and it's it's part of his call and destiny. But Samuel needs to respond. Sit out loud, Lord. Lord. Teach me how to respond. respond. Hallelujah. I'm willing to respond to you. Here's something you can quote right out of the Bible. Speak. For your servant hears. There's a lot of things said in that one phrase. I'm acknowledging. That you're God. I'm acknowledging you're real. And you're talking to me. I'm acknowledging. And I'm willing to hear whatever you want to tell me. And I'm willing to do whatever you're going to tell me to do. Before I hear it. This is in perfect agreement with John 7, 17. 
King James says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Several other translations say it like this. If any man wills to do his will, he will know, he will find out, he will discover. But sometimes people say, well, tell me and I'll let you know if I'll do it. Oh, no, that that doesn't work with God. You got to be willing to do it before you hear what it is. Oh, there's no faith involved. There's no submission involved. And there's a bunch of defiant world out there, isn't it? That prove to me there's a God and I'll believe. Well, you can die in your unbelief. Because that's not the way he works. He reveals himself to those who believe in him. And actually the, the scripture said he hides himself from others. So he's both a God who hides himself And a God who reveals himself. Remember he said among his own disciples. He spoke to those that didn't believe in parables. But when he talked to them. He opened it up to them. Is that right? Hallelujah. Go back to Samuel. He said if he calls you again. Just say. Speak for your servant hears. Verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, well, we'll back up verse, verse 10. The Lord came and stood and called as at other times. He's right in the room with the boy. <laughs> but Samuel didn't know it, did he? To him, it was just a normal night. And he thinks Eli's calling him from the next room. But the Lord comes and says, Samuel. Samuel, Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. And when he said that, here comes revelation about what's about to happen, affecting the priesthood, affecting the nation, affecting the whole thing. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to hear. Hallelujah. Now, don't try to make him speak to you in an audible voice. That's not the usual way he communicates with us. We have the witness of the Spirit. How many think Luke really did hear from God about writing the gospel account of Luke? It's blessing us. Is that right? Did he really hear from God? Is it affecting the whole world? And yet, didn't say he heard a voice or saw anything. Now go with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And the ninth chapter. Saul. Who later became known as Paul. Is going around. Breathing out threatenings. Persecuting the church. Dragging men and women. Out of their houses. Persecuting them. Being a part of them being killed. Stoned. Like Stephen. I mean he is enemy of the church. Number one. But on the road to Damascus, (laughs) on his way to hurt some more Christians, he met a bright light, brighter than the noonday sun. How many believe this really happened? And when it came, a voice spoke, and they all fell on the ground. And there's an answer here. I won't take time to go into it. 
But if you'll read one chapter, it says the people with him heard the voice. And if you read another chapter, it said they didn't. People take verses like that and say, well, see, there's contradictions in the Bible. You can't believe, don't hear any of that. Look at the original language and there's a great revelation there. We read the Weist translation and some others, Young's Literal and what have you, and you'll see they heard the sound of the voice, but they didn't understand what was said. So both of them are true. They heard it, but they didn't hear it. And this, you see this in other places in the New Testament. For instance, in John 12, 27, Jesus said, he's saying, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then there came a voice from heaven (laughs) saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. This is an audible voice out of heaven. The people, therefore, that stood by heard it and said what? It thundered. thundered. (laughs) Some others said, maybe an angel spoke to him. Did they get it? They didn't get it. Why? They didn't have ears to hear it. Can you see this? Jesus heard it perfectly. So obviously, you can hear and not hear. A lot of them just thought, oh, it thundered. That was some thunder over there. And it was the Almighty speaking out of heaven to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now look at Acts 9. We've been looking at examples of prophets who heard the Spirit say. Who heard the word of the Lord came to them saying. And I had mentioned that you will see this more prominently. In the ministry of the prophet. That's part of that ministry gift. But it's not limited. To the prophet's ministry. Acts 9. Saul. Has encountered this bright light. And heard this voice. Saying Saul. Saul. Why are you persecuting me? He didn't say. Why are you hurting my people? Why are you doing this to me? Does the Lord take it personally what you do against his people? He takes it personally. And so in verse 10, after after you'd had this experience, and he's over shocked and blind and humbled, the Bible said there was a certain disciple. Everybody say disciple. This is not a prophet. This is not an evangelist. It's not a pastor. It's not a teacher. This is not a preacher. This is a what? A disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. How did it start? Ananias. Ananias. In the nighttime, I suppose. Ananias. What did he say? I'm here, Lord. Keep going. The Lord said to him, get up. Go to the street which is called Straight. 
This is an address. Inquire in the house of Judas. Of one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold he prays. He didn't know these people. Ananias didn't know these people. May not have known anything about this house or place. God gave him the address. And the house. And the names of the people there. Does God still move like this today? This is word of knowledge. And this is word of wisdom. And this is the word of the Lord. And it's not a prophet. (laughs) Do I have any disciples in here? Disciples? Believers? Disciples of the Lord? Now I'm not saying you should expect this to happen to you every other day or every other year. But it can happen. Especially if you're the type of person that God can talk to. That you have ears to hear. You're willing to hear. Why did he tell this? There were a lot of other believers in town. Why did he call Ananias' name that night? Well, there's no wonder why he called him. Read the very next verse. He said, back up to verse 11. He said, go and ask for this Saul of Tarsus. He's praying. That's a word of knowledge. And he has seen in a vision. How would Ananias? Knew he had a vision. The Lord's telling him. He saw a man named Ananias. Parenthesis, you. Coming in, putting his hand on him, that he may receive his sight. Paul's in a bad way. He can't see. He don't know what's going on. Keep reading. Ananias answered. And here's what we're getting to why he didn't tell a lot of other people in town. Lord, I've heard about this man from a lot of people. How much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he's come and he's got authority from the high priest to bind all that call on your name, parenthesis, me. (laughs) And here's no doubt one big reason why the Lord is, Ananias is hearing from the Lord tonight. Because the Lord said to him, get going, get on your way. Because he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. See, more confirmation that Paul didn't miss God. Right? It happened exactly like the Lord told him. Keep going. And what happened? No more arguing. No more questions. See, in order to hear from the Lord, you've got to be willing to get up in the middle of the night and go track down the KGB. (laughs) Are you listening? Go track down somebody or whoever is a known enemy of the church just looking for people to lock up. And you're just going to show up voluntarily and tell him you want to pray for him. (laughs) It's no wonder why a lot of people didn't hear this word. But Ananias... He's not a prophet. No no reason to believe he's an apostle or a pastor. But he knows God. I said he knows God. He's a praying man. And the big thing, he's a man that will do anything God tells him to do if it's walking right into a trap. If it's walking right into death. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Ananias went his way. Went to the address the Lord gave him. Went to the house the Lord told him. Asked about the man that lived where. Found him. And found Saul. And he walked right in there. Put his hands on him. 
<laughs> see, Saul, Paul can't see. Next thing he knows, he hears somebody walk in and he feels these hands on his head. He said, Brother Saul. Now that's saying a lot. Somebody that's killing Christians right and left. What does that mean? If the Lord says he's a chosen vessel, if he's good enough for him, he's good enough for me. I'm going to call him brother. Is that right? Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared to you in the way as you came, have sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Keep reading. Immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scaled. He received sight forthwith. Don't you know he was happy about it? And he got up and was baptized. And Saul, the enemy of the church, became Paul. Hallelujah. Apostle to the Gentiles that we're still preaching no matter what God gave him tonight. Hallelujah. All these centuries later, the word of the Lord made a huge difference in his life. Does he still speak? Can we still hear? Hallelujah. Say it again. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thanks be to God. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our hands. Let's just begin to thank God. Focus on him. Don't look around. Just focus on him for a few moments. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you. We adore you, Lord. We magnify you. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you thanks. Oh, I'm so thankful that I am born of God. I'm so thankful that I can hear from you. Oh, I am your sheep. I hear your voice. I know your voice. I know, Lord, I know your dealings. I know the dealings of your spirit. I know the perception and the seems good of your Holy Spirit. And I also am open to you speaking to me any way that pleases you. The word of the Lord is precious. The word of the Lord and true vision of the Lord is glorious. It's life-giving. It's life-changing. And we desire it. Everybody say out loud, Lord, we covet earnestly the gifts and manifestations of your Spirit. The Word of the Lord. The vision of the Lord. To see. To hear. To know. To understand. We covet earnestly. In Jesus' name. Oh, pray in the Spirit, some saints. Pray in the Spirit. On the scare, ife keloshe, age manite. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.